Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. How's it going, folks? Welcome back to the channel. It's time for the Monday Breakdown. Firstly, it's been a while. Hello, how are you? My name's Endicall. This is my channel. I haven't done a solo video in a couple of weeks because I've been just incredibly busy with the job that actually keeps me alive on this earth, the one that pays me. So that is why there has not been as many videos as normal on the channel, but hopefully it's starting to calm down a bit now and I'll be able to bring you some more content over the next couple of weeks. On today's video though, we are talking about the Dundee win from yesterday. I'm gonna be taking a look at whether Celtic should sign Jota on a permanent basis. I think we all know the answer. Gonna take a quick look at the accounts, but I'm not an accountant and I'm not good at math. So that will be a quick look and it'll be sort of tied in with the Jota conversation. And I'm going to take a look at Celtic's results since the last international break, now that we're heading in to an actual international break. I'm going to take a look at the results since the last one, where we improved and what we want to do post this international break as well. So let's get into the video. So before I get into the actual topics, if you like this video and you want to see more, and I promise you there will be more over the next couple of weeks, hit the subscribe button below and do give the video a like as well. Leave a comment as well. I try to get back to everyone as much as I can when I'm not too busy. So do hit the subscribe button if you want to see more. The channel is growing nicely. I like to see it grow a little bit more. So do hit the subscribe button if you do like this video. Let's start with the Dundee win. So it was 4-2 for Celtic in the end. Jota and Kyogo doing the business once again. And... It was just a phenomenally entertaining game. I think the general consensus on Celtic Twitter was that Celtic are entertaining to watch. And that is what you want. You want your team to be fun to watch. Was it a perfect performance? No. Was it a good performance? Absolutely. And there's context to every result. So it's Dundee. You expect to win these games. It is a game that Celtic should probably be winning at the scoreline that they are winning. And I think it's just the manner in which Celtic went about it. So... One of the biggest issues that Celtic have had over the last couple of weeks, and we've seen it against Livingston, was breaking down a low block, breaking down a team that's going to sit in. And I think we found the solution. Score early. Catch them cold. You need to start the game fast. And Celtic did that and took the lead. And the game was over by halftime. Celtic were in complete control. The forward line were creating chance after chance after chance. And it was just brilliant to watch. It was a really, really fun game to watch. And I think that's what you want when you're not playing consistent uh, big games like in Europe or where in the Premier League you get big games almost every every second week at least. You will come up against teams like Dundee so you want to be putting them to the sword. You want to be showing what you can do and 
you know, it is a fine balance between, you know, testing out players like Scales or Giacomacus to see what they do if they get a start at this level. But you do also want consistency within your squad, consistency within the players, and guild, get it, giving them the opportunity to build some momentum, build some form, and you can only do that by playing games. So while I do see the argument in, you know, giving Giacomacus a start or giving Liam Scales a start or trying something new in midfield, you also have to take into account that two goals from Jota yesterday, two goals from Kyogo yesterday, that's building their momentum, that's building their form, and that will reflect then when it comes to the bigger games like Leverkusen or Betis or the European games or a derby game. You want them firing, you want them confident, and these games are the perfect opportunity to build their confidence because, let's face it, they are really good players, they're players of really high standards, so if they're going to be playing their best against these teams, they're going to be too strong, they're going to score goals, and I think that's what we're seeing. Special mention to Anthony Ralston. I think Charlie Adam bouncing off Anthony Ralston before the Jota goal is probably going to be my favourite moment of the season. At the end of the season, it's by far and away my favourite moment from this season. It's just like, it, it was the perfect sort of mashup between the player I disliked the most from Dundee, the player I'm liking the most from Celtic this year, and then it ended up in a goal. It would have been a fantastic moment had that cross hit the first man and gone out for a corner. But the fact that, firstly, he just rides the challenge of Charlie Adam, puts him on his ass, and then puts in a perfect cross for Jota to score the goal, it was absolutely phenomenal from Anthony Ralston. And he was brilliant again yesterday. I think what's very like interesting to see about Ralston is not only is he producing on the defensive side, so that was the part I would, would have said he struggled with before this season, but he's also producing now on the attacking side. His crosses are better. His crossing... It was phenomenal yesterday. He's getting assists. He's popping up with goals. And that's what you want from your fullback. You want someone who's not only giving you an option defensively. They're not only defensively solid. They're also giving you that momentum to build from the back and have crosses come into the box that people are going to get in the end off because that's what Celtic struggled with last year. They just could not beat the first man. The the, the quality of ball coming in from Frimpong was just not good enough. It was, it, it was just failing at every attempt and now Anthony Ralston is putting in balls that they're going to be getting on the end of they're going to get goals and with the likes of Kyogo who I don't know why he's winning a header against the Dundee centre-backs but he's winning a header against the Dundee centre-backs and then Jota getting in at the front post I think I counted at least three moments where even I think Jack Amakis even had an opportunity where Celtic were putting it in at that front post and getting a man to run onto it because that's a really really difficult thing to defend as a defender so it's great to see them firstly playing well uh, then developing in areas that they were weak last year and then just being really exciting to watch so that Dundee gave me give give me a lot of uh, confidence going forward that Celtic are starting to build they're starting to properly come together as a team as a unit and you can build upon it context again Dundee are one of the worst teams in the, in the league so you have to bring that into account in terms of the negative aspects of uh, yesterday's game obviously you have the mistake from Joe Hart I think that's a mistake I don't think that's going to happen continuously throughout the season I really hope it doesn't anyway but it's a goalkeeping error it's not the best defending in the world but it's a goalkeeping error I think if Joe Hart gets that right it's not a goal so that's not something that worries me too much and then finally I think Celtic are missing Carl Starfelt a little bit in the centre-back position. I think him and Cameron Carter-Vickers have brought together a really nice relationship. They're starting to bring uh, confidence to that position. Carl Starfelt, I know he struggled at the start, but he's starting to get confidence. 
and the relationship between the center backs it's one of the most important relationships on the pitch because if you have fluidity with that in that then there's so much op uh, opportunity to build from the back but also just be defensively solid and i think you saw yesterday and with the previous games that Stephen Welsh, while he is building as a player, while he is still a young player, he doesn't have that same relationship with Carter Vickers as Starfelt does. So I think that could be an issue if Starfelt is out for a couple of games or if he's ever out injured or Cameron Carter Vickers is out injured. I think Celtic are considerably weaker at the back without the two of them playing there. The main man of the hour, though, from that game is Jota so he obviously got two goals yesterday that brings his tally up to six goals in all competitions six assists as well for Jota and oh, he's just a phenomenal player like not only is he the most beautiful player to play for Celtic in a number of years in terms of his looks he is a phenomenal player as well he's starting to produce consistent performances for a winger which I do think wingers are on the broad spectrum the most inconsistent players within football so it's good to see a consistent player playing on the wing for Celtic his dribbling ability is phenomenal his finishing is great he has a great eye for positioning in the box like he did for his second goal getting in in front of the defender and he just he has confidence and that is key confidence for a winger is something that you can't quantify with stats but it is something that you can clearly see when they're playing because they will not take risks if they don't have confidence. And I think Jota takes loads of risks. So Ange was obviously asked about Jota and what they're going to do in the future for him. Celtic have that 6.5 million option to buy him. So Ange Postacoglu said that if he feels that this is the place for a future, then we'll be more than happy to keep him here. But he's got, his, he's got a pretty good head on his shoulders and he knows the best way forward is to keep playing his football and the rest will take care of itself. So I think it's not a full buy-in from Ange that you know they're going to go spend this 6.5 million. I think he's just pretty much saying, yeah, of course, we'll be happy to have a player of his quality at Celtic. So he's not quite saying that Celtic are going to buy him, but he's definitely hinting towards the fact that he's massively impressing at the club. And I think that's obvious with his performances and with his output. I personally think it's a no-brainer. I was very skeptical on the 6.5 million for a winger for a young winger who's still developing and i was worried that you know he might put two to three good performances together and people will be jumping the gun saying celtic should be buying him straight away but i i genuinely think celtic should be buying him straight away i had a look at the celtic transfers for a couple for in the last couple of years the record and this would put him 6.5 million pounds would put him in between jojo Saminovic, just below him 6.75 million according to transfer market celtic paid for Jojo Suminovich. Uh, so with that context, I think Celtic should spend the 6.5 million on, uh, on on Jota and bring him to the club on a permanent basis because, and this ties into the sort of third uh, thing that I was going to talk about, and that is the Celtic account. So obviously I'm not an accountant. I was never particularly good at math. I'm a journalist for God's sake. That's why I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to be breaking down this account system. Someone has done it, for, done it for me. Swiss Ramble, the guy who does it on Twitter all the time, really good uh, threads when it comes to football business, and he's done the Celtic accounts as well. So to put this into context, Celtic have made in the last four years, 68 million in profits from player uh, sales. So that doesn't include the 34 million for Edouard, Christie and Ayer from last season. So next year it will be even higher. So 68 million profit in the last four years from selling players on or from 
player trades, I should say. It's not necessarily just from selling players on. It's also from brings into account the, the fees that Celtic have paid for these players as well. So in the last nine years, Celtic have accumulated 112 million profit from player trading. That's compared to 8 million, apparently, from Rangers. And that's an insane difference if you're looking at the two teams. So that's the risk reward that you're looking at when you're thinking of a deal for, for Jota, for this player who's coming in if we pay 6.5 million. Now, I don't like personally to break down players for value because ultimately you're talking about a human being here. You might not get your return for many different reasons, but you're talking about a 22-year-old winger from Benfica, Portuguese international underage, and he's coming in for 6.5 million. In his first season, he's already got six goals, six assists, so that's already an output as high as you would expect probably to ha- him to have by the end of the season. So if he makes double figures, then that's, you know, it's up in the value again. So if you if you cash in on the 6.5 million, the following season, if he has the same season, sort of like a, a Sinclair situation where he builds on it or he gets into double figures again, that 6.5 million goes up. And I think by the end of it, if Celtic think that they can make 12 to 15 million off uh, selling Jota on in the next couple of years after that after the development that they put into him, I think that's worth it. I think they will they will uh, they will buy Jota for six point five million if they think he will be worth twelve uh, twelve to fifteen million in the next couple of years. And I do personally think he will be worth that. Now again, like I said, number of personal reasons can come into this. He may have an amazing season this year and then drop off next year, but I just don't see that. I I think. We've, we're looking at a real quality player here who's not only impressing in the Scottish League, he's impressing on the European stage as well. So I think he will be well worth the investment and Celtic will double or triple their money in the next couple of years. So I think he will definitely come into uh, one of those players in the next couple of years. We'll be seeing Jota on the accounts as a player that we developed at the club and sold on for profits. And essentially, that's how Celtic survives. That The Swiss Ramble breakdown shows you Celtic's model is built upon buying in players low and selling them for double or triple their investment. That's how Celtic make money. So I do I think Jota as a player is good enough to be a Celtic player next season? Absolutely, I do. Do I think from a business perspective it makes sense for 6.5 million uh, to buy a winger? I do, I do. I think Celtic will make their money back and more if they do. So that's an important thing to keep in mind when you're talking about buying in a player. Let's finish off with the international break and sort of the, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you want to call it, the grading of the last uh, couple of weeks since the last international break. So the results since the last international break were um, very good, to put it lightly. Unbeaten in seven games, six wins, one draw. So in that period since the last international break, Celtic have beaten Motherwell 2-0, Frank, Bar- Frank Barrows 2-0 at home, St. Johnson 2-0 at home, uh, they won against Hibs 3-1 away. The draw against Livingston, obviously disappointing, but it was a draw and not a loss. Then Frank Varos won away uh, 3-2. Then Dundee yesterday won 4-2. After the international break, Celtic have St. Johnson, Bayer Leverkusen, Aberdeen and Hearts. So difficult enough three out of four uh, games there as they come out of the international break. But you're thinking if Celtic can build as well as they built in the last international break and improve in the same manner, then I think that's 
you know, that's going to be a vast improvement and they're going to continue to build. And I do think they will. The longer Ange gets to work with these players, the longer they're working together. Like I said, this is a new squad, a brand new squad full of new players. The longer they can play together, the more time they, they can get with each other and get used to what they're doing. I think the better they will do. So I think, the, I mean, the last seven games have been phenomenal. If you think back to some of those goals, some of the games, they're really exciting games. And that's what you want with a, with a Celtic team. You want them to be exciting. You want them to be winning games firstly, but you want them to be entertaining. And I do think this, this Ange team is a very entertaining team. What I would like to see now over the next um, couple of weeks after the international break. So the international games are over now until next year. There's not going to be an international break until uh, 2022. So what I'm aiming for or what I think Celtic will be aiming for, there's 11 games now between the next uh, Rangers game. There's a lot of big games in there. You have the Bayer Leverkusen game. You have the Betis games. They're the most important games, obviously, but Celtic do have European football guaranteed be that conference league next year if they are knocked out of the Europa League but you want to stay in the Europa League so that's what's important firstly you want to guarantee yourself your Europa League football before next year but in those 11 games Celtic are currently four points behind Rangers if Celtic are within two points of Rangers by that next derby game then if they win they can go top of the league. So I think that's uh, that, I think that's hugely important for Celtic to aim for that. If they are two points, within two points or even less of Rangers by the time they get to that stage, then I, say, I think Celtic can go on and win the league because I do think that will be the strongest Celtic have gone into a derby match in the last two years. So that's that, I think that's what Celtic will be aiming for. I... I Will they get there? I think they can. I, I don't think Rangers are as strong as they were last year. The results are sort of, you know, uh, going towards where, where, they, where the means probably should have been last year. I, I think Alan uh, Morrison and, and James did a brilliant job in explaining why Rangers were massively um, overachieving on what, what they were actually performing on the pitch last year. And the, the points difference was much uh, smaller than it appeared on the table in reality so i think we're, we're we're sort of migrating towards the means once again before i finish up i should mention from the uh celtic accounts it's well worth going and having a look at this uh, swiss ramble thing but uh one of the main things outside of the obvious of player profits etc etc neil lennon got paid 600 grand for leaving the club last year it's uh it's on the accounts it's there it's an interesting one i mean obviously he's going to get paid something to leave um 600 grand seemed Seems pretty pretty high for a manager who you know the results speak for themselves in that sense. So I I don't know. I, is that interesting? I don't know if it's interesting. I I thought it was worth a mention at the end of the podcast. That is the Monday breakdown for this Monday. Like I said, apologies that I haven't been as uh, active on the channel over the last couple of weeks. It's just been a really busy period. But I do hope that over the next couple of weeks I'm going to have some really good uh, content coming down the line. I'm also getting over to a, a game this year. I will uh, have more on that in the next couple of weeks as well the huddle breakdown back again this week as well if you want to get that do subscribe to the channel below or you can get us at uh, the huddle breakdown on twitter or at breakdown inc which is the overarching twitter account for all of this content as well i'm in the call this was the monday breakdown we're back at last we're back baby celtic are back and we're finally winning games that's it for today thanks for watching good luck
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.